Teach Us to Pray is brought to you by Life Audio and is a part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Hello, friend. You are listening to the Teach Us to Pray podcast with me, Christina Patterson, where we teach believers practical and real-life tips on how to grow your faith and relationship with God through the power of prayer. Last episode, we had the privilege of digging into the scriptures to learn God's purpose for prayer in the believer's life, why prayer is so important, and to answer the question, what is prayer? I hope that episode left you inspired to view prayer in a very high regard and left you with the desire to pray more. So it's only appropriate that in today's episode, we will discuss how to pray. I don't want to only leave you with the desire to pray without learning how to actually do it by looking at the example of Jesus. Last episode, I also shared with you that I've been in ministry for over 15 years, and most of that time has been spent serving my nonprofit ministry called Beloved Women. Our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower women in the love of Jesus Christ and the truth of God's word, and we do so by providing free resources to help women grow their faith and relationship with God, including a daily devotional, online videos, and Bible studies. I spend a lot of time writing, filming, and editing videos to post online for our beloved women community. As a stay-at-home mom, my kids have seen me through this entire process from shooting videos to fixing lighting. And if there's one thing I've learned about kids, it is that whether you realize it or not, they are paying close attention. So one day I happened to be looking through the pictures of my daughter's iPad and saw a video of her. I pressed play and it was her shooting a Bible study video of herself. I wonder where she got that from. Maybe from the countless times she's seen me do the same. I, however, never really thought she was paying enough attention to me to know what I was doing. Nevertheless, emulate what I was doing. Oh, but she did. You should have seen that video. She was confident, clear, and talked about how God loves you. It was one of the most precious things I have ever seen. And it reminds me of the scripture that we're going to take a closer look at today. As Jesus prayed, one of his disciples looked on and was inspired to do the same. But they didn't just want to act like they knew what they were doing when it came to prayer. They wanted to pray just like Jesus. So he asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. We read about it in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Now we know from the Bible that Jesus is often recorded taking off to himself to pray. So prayer was something the disciples had seen him practice as a lifestyle. And after seeing Jesus pray, they too wanted to do the same. So they asked him how to pray. Jesus could have answered with a checklist of what to do and what not to do. And he does do something similar to this in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8, which we'll talk about more in next episode. But to answer the disciples specific request, which is teach us to pray, Jesus prays. He doesn't just tell them what to do. He also shows them how to do it in what you may have heard called the Lord's Prayer. We find it in Luke chapter 11, verses 2 through 4, which reads, So he said to them, 
When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What a beautiful example Jesus sets for us on how to pray. But I do want to clarify that this is an example. It is a template that we can use to inspire our own prayers. Jesus is not saying these are the exact words we have to say every time we pray. But each statement highlights an important part of prayer that is beneficial for the believer to incorporate into their prayer life. So let's look at Jesus's example of the Lord's prayer to learn how we are to pray. First, he starts our father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Jesus teaches us to recognize who we are praying to through worship. His words, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. First acknowledge that he is talking to God. He's not just speaking to air or to himself. He demonstrated the faith it takes to pray and trust that there is an all knowing, all powerful, all loving God on the other end who hears and cares. Next, Jesus honors God. He praises God. Hallowed be your name. He says, hallowed here means holy or set apart. Jesus is acknowledging that there is no other God like the one whom he prays to. Jesus is acknowledging that there is no other God like the one to whom he prays. A long time ago, I visited a bank to make a transaction that required that I go into the bank office. When I walked in, there was a huge reception desk in the middle of the office, and there were offices with doors further behind. I approached the receptionist and briefly explained what I needed. I then asked to speak with someone in an office to help me. She graciously informed me that she was actually the bank manager and she could help me with everything that I needed. I'll admit, I was a little embarrassed. I assumed that because she was not in an office and was sitting at a reception desk that she couldn't help me. I was incorrect. Actually, she informed me that the bank branch managers sit out in the open to make themselves more available to customers like me. Had I known who she was from the beginning, I would have specifically asked for what I needed and received services sooner. The same is true with our prayer life. Our understanding and trust of who God is greatly affects our prayer lives, what we ask, and in turn, what we receive. So Jesus encourages us to remember who we are praying to. I like to start my prayers with worship, thanking God for who he is and what he's done and reminding myself of what he can do. Because when we think we serve a small God, we start to pray small prayers and we don't live to the full capacity of all that God has for us. Next, Jesus tells us to be in alignment with God's will. He prays your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Many people mistakenly think prayer is only asking for what we want. Now, don't get me wrong. The next thing Jesus teaches us is to ask, but we're mistaken if we think that's all prayer is. 
One of the most important aspects of prayer is that it draws us closer to God. It strengthens our relationship with Him and helps us to ensure we are on the same page with Him. A major part of praying is making sure our hearts are right. If prayer was only about asking God for things, we could pray, Lord, will you please hurt the person who cut me off this morning on my way to work? I mean, you can pray this, but I'm certain this is not the prayer God is going to answer because his word warns against bitterness. But when we know that it is God's will for us to forgive and show grace, our prayers then turn to, Lord, I'm upset at this person who cut me off this morning. Please grant me the strength to overlook the offense so I may receive your peace. God's word reveals his will to us and prayer is one way we release his power into our lives to live his will out. Jesus prayed to God to take the cup of crucifixion from him in the garden of Gethsemane in Luke chapter 22, where he prays in verse 42, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus's petition in prayer was that God's will would be done. So what do we do when God wants something that we don't? Like Jesus, we pray for the grace to accept God's will because if we really believe God is who he says he is and that he is greater and all-knowing and all-powerful, then we trust him. In Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through 9, God tells us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God is at a higher vantage point than us. He sees what we can't see. So even when it looks like his plans are not what we would decide, we can trust his ways are better. Now, I know you may be thinking, well, why pray if God's going to do what he wants anyways? And I do have an answer for that. And it's actually the entirety of our next episode. So stay tuned. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Next, Jesus teaches us to make our requests to God as he prays, give us day by day our daily bread. Here, Jesus is showing us to ask God for what you want and need. Although he already knows what we need, 
When we pray to God, we remind ourselves of where our provision comes from. It's so easy to get caught up in thinking money or fame or opportunity or another person is our provider. And God will use those things to provide for us. But ultimately, God is our provider. So ask him for what you need. When you are praying to God and asking him for what you need, that is an excellent sign that you are not seeking worldly or superficial ways of trying to acquire your needs or control matters on your own. Our prayer requires a necessary humility that places us in a position of need, recognizing our daily requirement for God to intercede on our behalf. If you are looking for a good example of prayer or asking or petition, look no further than the Psalms. The Psalms are full of prayers to God, asking and requesting God to meet needs, desires, and desperations. God wants us to pour our hearts out to him because he wants us to come to him. Now, Jesus tells us not to worry about what we will eat or drink in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, but he doesn't say don't pray about it. Actually, Philippians 4 verse 6 tells us instead of worrying, we should pray. Open your heart to God and tell him what you need, want, desire, and think. He is a good God that we can approach confidently. Next, Jesus teaches us to repent when he prays and forgive us of our sins. Now, Jesus did not need to repent, but he adds this to the prayer because he knows we need to. (laughs) Repenting is our acknowledging our weakness and sin to God, turning from it and seeking him for the power to live right. We can't do it without him. Repenting is not only listing off all our faults and feeling bad about ourselves. That is self-pity. And that is not the example that Jesus sets. Repentance is recognizing our faults and turning to the only one who can empower us to overcome. So many people are subject to sin because they are trying to overcome on their own. But our own strength is not enough to free us from the bondage of sin. But you know what is? Repentance through Prayer, inviting God into our brokenness, receiving his forgiveness, being motivated by his love and grace and not guilt and shame. As we pray for and receive God's forgiveness to us, Jesus also teaches us to forgive others when he prays, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Forgiving others is an important part of your prayer life because if we want to approach God to forgive us, we need to be willing to offer that same grace to others. Who are we to ask God for something that we are unwilling to give? In the account of the Lord's Prayer found in Matthew, Jesus adds, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Unforgiveness is a choice that doesn't hurt the one who's offended us as much as it hurts us. When we forgive, we are free to receive God's forgiveness. Now, I know how hard it can be to forgive, which is why I believe Jesus instructs us to pray about this as well, because Jesus wants us to be free from the anger, bitterness and resentment that an unforgiving heart can cultivate. Last, Jesus teaches us to pray for the unseen when he prays and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus is giving us insight to the truth that there is an entire unseen world around us that certainly affects us, mainly the 
enemy whose main purpose is to harm us. In John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus tells us, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The Apostle Paul also warns us about the spiritual battle we are all in, whether we realize it or not. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, these warnings are not meant to scare us. These warnings serve as a reminder to use the power God has given us to overcome. And one of those ways we access that power is through prayer. First John chapter four, verse four encourages us. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. This world is full of distractions with the purpose of leading us away from God. But prayer is our connection to God that protects us from spiritual warfare and leads us in the right direction. As we wrap up, I want to help you remember how Jesus teaches us to pray with my three R's prayer process. The three R's stand for reverence, repent, request. The first R stands for reverence. Like Jesus, we can start our prayers with reverence. This can be worshiping him, listening to worship music, or simply thanking him for who he is and all that he is doing in our lives. This will start our prayer time off helping us to remember who we are praying to and the power that God has. Reverencing God positions us to surrender to God and place his will above ours and approach him with a heart of faith and trust. The next R stands for repent. This is us asking for forgiveness and receiving the strength to turn from the things not of God. This sets our hearts to be in alignment with God's will and gives us the power to live the lives he desires for us. The last R stands for request. This is where we ask God for what we need. Like Jesus, we can ask for our daily needs, the strength to forgive others, direction, and protection. So if you're looking for an easy framework on how to pray from the example of Jesus, We can use the three R's prayer process, which again stands for reverence, repent, and request. It's super easy and not complicated at all, just as prayer should be. Of course, this is just a simple way for you to remember what we've learned today and is not the absolute standard for prayer. In truth, God really just wants us to come to him with a sincere heart. Your prayer may be many words today. And God will cherish each one, but it also may at times only be one word, Jesus, and he still hears us. It is my hope that today's episode has provided you with insight and helpful tips on how you can pray. We have so much more to talk about when it comes to prayer. So I hope that if you were encouraged by today's episode, you'll share it with a friend and subscribe so that you won't miss any future episodes of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, where we'll continue to learn how just like breathing, prayer can become a natural, consistent and life-giving part of our everyday lives. Until then, be sure to connect with me, Christina Patterson at Beloved Women. And check out the show notes in today's episode to download my free five-day prayer guide to help you put into practice the powerful habit of prayer. Thank you so much for taking time to listen today. God bless you, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.
Teach Us to Pray is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a review in your podcast app? It really does help more people like you find the podcast. To hear more from Christina Patterson, be sure to check out her fantastic site, BelovedWomen.org. A special thanks to Kelly Gibbons, Stephen Sanders, and Stephen McGarvey for their production and editing on this episode. You can find more podcasts like this over at lifeaudio.com. I found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yates. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend in my new podcast, Billy and the Goat. I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.